Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. All right. Well, here we are. But maybe yeah. one of the latest banters of the it week. Probably that is we've actually done. <laughs> Friday no, morning. I actually finished my Sunday sermon off this morning. I was like, oh, now I got to remember what I spoke about yeah, last. Yeah, now we're going to drag you back to last <laughs> oh, no. Sunday. So look, I, I think we'll we'll do great. We've got notes. We've got prep. We'll we've had it. a two minute conversation as yeah, always yeah. before. It's a very. I feel like some some people would probably be shocked at how sort of un sort of prepared in some ways yeah. that this goes into because the yes. work's already been done with the sermon. Yeah. Use that as the foundation. Yes. Just, just build up on there. it. Yeah, I know some podcasters, they write like full planned scripts and details. No script like, here, baby. Nah, we just, we're just on the fly. It's Fine organic. The organic as I like to organic. say. Organic. <laughs> Homegrown, <laughs> yeah. free range podcasting right here. Yeah. Well, you, um, yeah, Mitch spoke to us on baptizing and teaching mm. on the weekend. And before we kind of jump into it, I thought it could be fun to talk about our personal experiences of getting baptized, mm. what that looked like, what the context <laughs> was around it. Because uh, you, yeah, kind of challenged maybe some of the presuppositions we have around mm. what baptism has to look like, what the framework for that is. Uh, what did baptism sort of look yeah. like for you? So in the context I grew up in, it was definitely you had to kind of have a, a Christian maturity level before mm. the pastor would consider baptizing you. And so when I felt the call to be baptized, probably about 15, 16, I was mm. in year 10. Mm. Yeah, we, we did like a big baptism course as a group. Mm. So all four of us, like Levingston siblings, got baptized together. Oh, and there cute. was a few others too. So it was a large group, maybe eight of us in total. Yeah. And I remember we did like group classes mm-hmm. before church. Mm-hmm. I have vivid memories of that. Then we had like, my brother and I had like one-on-one classes with the pastor. And then he did one-on-one with my sisters. Mm-hmm. And it went on for a long time. Like mm. It was a long... Sort what of, are we talking about long time? Um, weeks, maybe yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. Like it was not like, a, oh yeah, can you explain baptism? Yep, done, cool, bam. Yeah. Let's, let's get you in the water. It was... Yeah, bit of a pretty heavy duty sort of theology, and we had like a booklet we had to fill the blanks in, and yeah, yeah. So it was very much a before we do this process, you need to have. I need to trust you have this maturity before I do it, and that was kind mm. of the world mm. I grew up in. What are your thoughts, sort of looking back on that now? Yeah, um, <clears throat> this this sermon in particular challenged me because I also kind of inherited that framework i've developed baptism studies sure. like i have what i call my advanced ones for yeah. those that want to go like we unpack a biblical theology mm. from old testament mm. to sort of the new and that's something i've led through people that i've baptized as sort of yeah. a bit of a course to kind of make sure that they're ready for it but then unpacking like the teachings even just the order it's like hey make go and make disciples baptizing them and yep. then teaching yeah, uh, just like uh, all the commentators, time and time again, go back to this was an initiation, right? This is a ceremony to celebrate, yeah. and then you teach. Yeah, and like it's something that I'm just had to sort of let go of and go. Actually, uh, for a baptismal candidate, doesn't have you know, everything, every eye and every you know he crossed off. That's yeah. okay because yeah. it's not meant to be a symbol of something you do when everyone's a perfect, mm. mature Christian. It's something you do at the beginning of your faith journey. And then you start to teach, you build upon that and become more mature. And so mm. I found that challenging. Actually, in a sense, a bit liberating. It's like, mm. well, you know, okay. If someone's keen to get baptized, 
let's have a bit of a chat. Just understand, you know, make sure they understand at least sure. the, the core foundations yeah, 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 of the yeah, faith, yeah. you know, yeah. and you know, what the similar baptism is. And then, yeah, we build upon that. We've mm. got a lifetime to do yeah. that rather yeah. than um, subjecting people to, yeah, months and months of study to be like, mm. okay, now you're ready to, mm. to do this process. So mm. that's kind of been the, the journey I've been on. Yeah. And so particularly this Sunday, coming with, yeah, this is first, actually it's the first time I've baptized a whole family, well, mum, daughter, and son. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's exciting. Yeah. Love mm. it. So good. Yeah. For me, I, um, my, sort of um experience growing up was in a secular home but um they obviously had some catholic traditions on both sides so i got baptized as like a little baby uh, mm. i have like official godparents who were like there and everything they like put me in a little white dress <laughs> only because i've seen the photos i don't remember any of it but yeah and then just like sprinkled some water over my head so then when i was uh yeah i would have been a similar age to you probably like year 10 around sort of 16 ish um yeah, my parents were like, like mostly just confused. Mm. So you've already been baptized. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean you're getting baptized? So then, yeah, that was kind of interesting because up until that point, um, baptism had been like such a, a like non-event in my mind mm. in my life previously that I was. This was like the first I'd ever thought about <laughs> the fact that I'd already been baptized. Yeah. I was like, ah. Okay, so then I kind of had to go back to my church and be like, I don't think I need to get baptized, guys. Yeah. Like, I've already been baptized. And I'm like, oh. And then kind of just talking about the idea of it needing to be, at least in the sort of understanding of the denomination I grew up in, a decision that one's able to make themselves mm. rather than what we would kind of call a dedication yeah. in like sort of the Baptist movement. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, like interesting situation. I didn't really have any prep. So didn't have like any like baptism explained or anything. It very much was just a conversation. Um, the other kind of interesting point for me was it was two of my mates were had kind of already decided to get baptized. And they're like, oh, do you want to get baptized too? I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. They're like, so I think that's a really interesting thing as well because I have um I, I read an interesting paper um about a Christian psychologist who suggested that children and kids should only ever get baptized by themselves um she was sort of somewhat critical of the like peer pressure or getting caught up okay, in like yeah. everyone's doing it which is a fascinating thing because mm. again i don't necessarily see a biblical precedent for it not being able to be a communal yeah. thing that lots of people are doing i mean the way that john the baptist's baptizing was kind of explained like people were just coming and like getting yeah. baptized. It was sort of almost, you know, for lack of being irreverent, like it almost seemed to be this cool thing that was sort of like gaining momentum. People were like, oh, I want to get in on that. Yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to be part of that group, mm. you know. So it is kind of fascinating. Um, <laughs> and it is something which, yeah, would be cool to look at today, the sort of different biblical expressions of baptism because yeah. um, mm. there is no sort of hard and fast rule. There isn't. Um, so we, there's a document called the Didache, which mm. came out at the second century. So the church is probably a couple of hundred years old by this point. And um, it says here, so this is chapter seven concerning baptism. All right. And it says, and concerning baptism, baptize this way, having said the, um, first said all these things, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, in um, in living water, but if you do not have living water, baptize in other water, and if it cannot in cold, in warm, 
But if you do not have either, pour out um, water upon the head in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm. So interesting. So even the early church, they're saying, well, preference is baptize in the triune name in living water, i.e. a river. Some running, sort of, running water. Yeah, some sort of like flowing water. Mm. You can't, don't have access to that. Well, you know, some sort of bucket or whatever you can mm. find, a bath. And it's interesting if you cannot in cold and warm. So the preference was to do it in cold water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah, but if maybe it's minus fourteen. Maybe. <laughs> maybe warm up, or if maybe have someone is ill and make them sick to do cold yeah. water, warm it up. So, and I say you have neither, just pour it upon their head. So it's interesting, mm. even there, like okay, the preference is like Jesus and mm. what John did in the inner river. But mm. if you can't, there's there's an understanding that it's okay. You just do what you got to do. But the, yeah, the, yeah. the importance is the the symbolism of it and you're baptizing in the name of yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I find that just a really helpful tool that the church wrestled with yeah. quite early on in the piece, and that was the conclusion they came to. Because the scriptures yeah. give us very little. We know that baptizo means to bathe, to dip, yeah. drown, like something like that. So there's obviously some sort of immersion happening. But yeah. you see other, like you, if you Google in Jesus' baptism, you've got some people kind of, John like pouring yeah. the water over his head. It's a weird Some thing. It's like yeah. tipping under. It's um yeah yeah. There's no sort of like this is how it must be done. Mm. And even like practically, it sounds funny, but I was baptized backwards down. Yeah, you know what happens to water? It goes <laughs> straight up your nose. nose. So you got all these pictures of people like doing this. Yeah. So I actually tend to like oh I go forwards. So yeah, getting, yeah. So the first image isn't just you going like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some people are like, oh, that's a bit weird because you meant to be like dead. I was like, yeah, like even that, there's just no mm. precedent for precedent. it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a cultural sort yeah. of thing that we've assumed. Assume that, that it goes backwards. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The important thing I think right here, what this document does is show us that doesn't matter how it's done, mm. what's important is that it is done because mm. it represents this transformation mm. of people's lives and this yeah. new beginning into Jesus um, and yeah I've even heard anecdotes of people in you know the middle of the desert when there's like literally a drought on yeah. like baptizing <clears throat> just with sand yeah totally and like it being at that point it's like well like you know we, we're like struggling to like even just have enough water, water to drink yeah, like this. I'm not yeah. going to pour water all over yeah, you yeah, like yeah, how like wasteful kind of thing so um, so I think that maybe we've addressed the first part of the very curly question <laughs> yes, that yes. you've put in the small group studies study, this yeah. week which was volume of water yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like, again, even just Method. talking about that, then it's kind of quite funny to think. I don't think that there's many modern day Baptists that are worrying or concerned about the aspect of flowing, moving no, water. No. Like, that's not something I've ever thought of, oh. that it needs to be in ideally mm. a river or a, at the beach or something. Yeah. yeah. Out of, um, well, I got baptized in a tank. Yeah, in the me church. too. Yeah. Rachel and my sister-in-law got baptized in a river. So out sure. of, if we're going to go with the biblical one, yeah, my yeah, wife yeah. had the biblical She's baptism. Holy. She went to the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really <laughs> fascinating. So then obviously the other part of that, not just yeah. volume, type yeah, of water, yeah. temperature, <laughs> the, the how much it's flowing, but yeah. also the age, age at which yeah. someone gets baptized. And so this is quite divisive mm. between. Obviously Baptists, we have a, a credo, Baptist practice and credo means you can make a declaration, a creed, yeah. a profession of faith. And the question is, well, how old? And it's like, mm, I know, at, a, at a level that, um, yeah, you can make a declaration. And then obviously the opposite of that or the other side of that coin would be uh, pedo baptism. Yeah, I wanted you to say it, not yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. a fun Pedo baptism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was talking about, um, 
And so that's where you baptize babies. Yeah. And so um, the I so what like mostly Reformed churches. Yeah. Or like Catholic or Anglican churches will do Presbyterians is that they see baptism as replacing circumcision. Hmm. And so. The idea being is that, well, the, the sign of the old covenant was mm. circumcision on the eighth day. Mm. The sign of the covenant in the new, uh, yeah, in the new covenant is baptism. Mm. And they'll look at scriptures like Colossians where Paul kind of links circumcision and baptism together. Yep. And yeah, um, I guess the thing is both um, credo and pedo-baptists use the same scriptures to justify and mm. Sounds funny coming from a Baptist minister. I've read some of the articles. Yeah. I, I think as someone who loves the Old Testament, I do appreciate how they unpack yeah. the Old Testament. They do a great biblical theology on it and I might not necessarily agree with the conclusions. But yeah. yeah. So I sit quite, try to be a bit more humble in that. Yeah. Just go, oh, you're wrong and you're idiots. Like they're, yeah, it's, they are using scripture to try to, um, what they see is fulfilling, I guess, the promise Jesus made. And, and I would see that, um, yeah, Paul, like when says you will be saved, you and your household. Um, mm. and Paul with the Philippian jailer, mm-hmm. and they'll go, Oh, that probably included children. And it's like, Well, yes, maybe, maybe not, but mm. it's definitely a, do you, a do you just, just expand on that. Oh, so bit? when when um Paul was in jail and in Philippi, and the Lord made an earthquake, yep. and the Philippian jailer thought that they all escaped and He's about to kill himself. Paul's like, no, don't do it. And he says, oh, how am I be saving? He goes, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be mm. saved, you and your household. And yeah, then they yeah. go home that night and he's saved and they're all baptised. Yeah. What, um, yeah, I guess in that society, everyone made decisions collectively. Yeah. As an individual society, yeah. like like in your family, for instance, like you come from a non-Christian family. Yeah. You, you made a decision like, well, this is my own personal faith. Yeah. In more collective societies, it's the head of the household who yeah. makes a decision and everyone kind of joins in. And from yeah. our point of view, that doesn't seem very genuine. Yeah. But for those cultures, that's how you operate. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. see, and it's quite a biblical precedent. Like mm-hmm. you say you read like the book of Kings, you got a wicked king, mm-hmm. the whole nation sort of falls apart. Yeah. You're a good king, the nation sort of, Prospers, and so there's yeah. representatives. And in, in a sense, that's, Adam does that. Like in Adam, we're all, like I didn't eat from the fruit, mm. but Adam as our representative as a whole, we're, we're doomed from that mm. but i didn't go to the cross but because jesus was our representative we uh, are now forgiven mm. and have new life and mm. so the bible has this sort of collective idea that one person represents the whole and if one person does something bad or something <laughs> something good or um prosper and mm. that's hard for us to kind of wrap our head around so mm. yeah it's kind of the, the sort of schools of thought and mm. depending on the church some will sprinkle they'll yeah. pour water over the head yeah. Um, my cousins who got baptized in Anglican church as teenagers, they mm. were poured over. Yeah. We're standing going, what? That's not baptism. That's just like, mm. yeah. But yeah. And, but I think, yeah, like I said, sitting a bit more humbly and like a document with a didaki yeah. helps us that to see, well, you mm. know, it's not really what the volume of water or mm. it's more what it represents. Mm. So, Are you aware where that idea of the, the sprinkling comes from? I mean, I understand you yeah. don't want to dunk a newborn baby, but yeah. it, it, that idea of, you it know, John the Baptist. It probably tied into a bit of um, Levitical stuff. The so like ritual would, cleansing. Yeah, like they would sprinkle sort of water and blood yeah. and that. So it's probably tying in with some of that Old Testament imagery. Yeah, sure. And 
Yeah, even if you look at, like I said before, if you Google baptism, yeah. you'll come up with like John sprinkling Jesus. Yeah, like so an oil a, painting of yeah, John the Baptist. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of that. I think that's all yeah. kind of part of it, these, yeah. these just traditions yeah. that we develop. Down um, by the Jordan with half a coconut shell or yeah, something. Yeah, just like baptizing pouring water. So yeah. Love it. Yeah. So then um, mm. there was kind of a little teaser uh, that you gave us as well that you wanted mm. to unpack a bit further in banter, which is verse 15 of mm. sort of, I guess it's not really of the Great Commission. It's before <laughs> no. the Great Commission. Um, did you want to read that out for yeah, us and then so, yeah, unpack what you so, found striking? So the context around this is the soldiers. Yeah. And they, you know, the chief priests and the elders devised a plan that gave the soldiers a large amount of money saying, you know, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while they were asleep. Uh, yeah, and then kind of skipping forward to verse 15, it says, so the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. Now, in Greek, it's the same root word for teaching. Mm. So a few commentators I read, which I never I would have ever picked up on this, is they've noted that Matthew has deliberately used the same root word for teaching mm. um, and going, here's a contrast. They're falsely teaching about Jesus being dead still. Yeah. And then Jesus now teaching part of like making disciples is teaching yeah. his commandments and obviously the fundamental truth that he is alive and resurrected. Yeah. And so, yeah. And if we think about the resurrection, the only way Jesus can claim all authority in heaven and earth is because he was suffered and vindicated. Yeah. And so he can claim that status as the son of man and mm. the son of God over all heaven and earth. He then has the authority to commission his disciples mm -hmm. to teach all the nations because that's his prerogative. And we've got to ensure that we're baptizing and teaching them. And then yeah. to finish up the commission, obviously, because that Jesus is now with us. He is Emmanuel. Yeah. Like not just a name, but literally he is with us always to the yeah. very end of the age. And so, yeah, it's a, a often the, um, Bible kind of does is sort of um, narrative doesn't sort of smack you in the head. It kind of drops these subtle hints. And mm. in a way, it's almost implying, well, who are you going to be? Are you going to believe that Jesus is dead? Like what the soldiers have been instructed, what they're teaching mm -hmm. everyone. And that it's, it finishes up there. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews this day. Like in Matthew's day, it's like, hey, the people out there think he's dead still. Yeah. But the truth is, and he's going to finish it. Hey, yeah. Like Jesus is right. Uh, risen and reigning and um, it's not it's not there in the Bible but I always kind of imagine it finished like dot 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 mm. like you know surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age dot mm. dot dot now we continue that story yeah Jesus gave the commission to the 11 yeah. but by extension we all take that and so mm. the story continues on and on mm. and on mm. and I suppose in our modern context I love what C.S. Lewis said like you can't come to Jesus and yeah, just think, oh, the guy's a good teacher. Hmm. Like, he's either Lord, yeah. he's either a liar, or he's a lunatic. Yeah. And I think that's that's still true today. Because yeah. if you think he's a good teacher, then it's like, well, he claimed to be the son of God and do miracles, and clearly he's a liar, hmm. or he's just a madman. Hmm. And so, yeah, yeah we, we still... And it is, I see us sort of say something along the lines of in the same way that like, you know, you can't say that you're a hard boiled egg. Like, yeah. you know, you can't say that he's like the Lord yeah. <laughs> or, or he's just, he is or he isn't. Yeah. So it'd make him a liar. Yeah. Yeah. And people kind of will say, oh, I just like his teachings. I'm like, yeah, well, Jesus' teachings are quite lovely. And, you know, they kind of will marry with other religious teachers of the past about, you know, love, forgiveness. But he also makes them pretty bold declarations mm. in you know, John's yeah. gospel. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, no one comes to the Father <laughs> except through me. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, like basically, I.e. salvation is only through me. Like, there's no yeah. other way. Um, yeah. 
yeah, Jesus claim. Uh, well, I, and when we look at this week, what I'm calling Emmanuel, when he says, oh, "I'm with you always to the very end of the age," that's that's a claim of divinity. Mm. Like, um, Jews wouldn't use the word, like the name of God, mm. and and math, that's why Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven instead of the kingdom of God because he wants to avoid using God's name as like yeah. what a lot of faithful Jews did. Yeah, that's a way of saying I'm divine. Yeah, like how, how can a human be with you always? Mm. Can't it, it's 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 what God is, and yeah, so Jesus yeah. is claiming that divine status, mm. and yeah, and I just. I mean, it really just triggered off, I guess, a whole bunch of, yeah, I guess we still live in a world where, in a sense, people believe Jesus is dead. And you can't see me doing the inverted commas. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Finger quotes. Finger <laughs> quotes, like dead in the sense of, oh, well, maybe he's just a good teacher. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, maybe I can kind of pick and choose the bits that I like yeah. about him. And yeah. it's sort of like it's not pick and choose, it's mm. either all in or all out. And mm. so... In building disciples, as we're called to do, or apprentices, mm. that's the term I use, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. apprentices who are out there yeah, being practical with their faith, yeah, we, we are preaching a resurrected and risen Jesus. Mm. And, that, and, that, and, and baptism, Matthew doesn't use the word bap, bap, like baptism to describe Jesus' death, but it's the mm. same principle as like mm. we die, mm. waters of baptism, and come out. Yeah, resurrected in new life, and yeah, a little bit what I was unpacking with John's sort of sign act. Baptism is a sign of repentance because God's wrath is going to come out. Yeah, yeah, Jesus has taken that wrath for us, and in yeah. a sense, baptism is a way to r- remind us of that. That wow, yeah, I should be, I should be dead. I've died to my old sins, but I should be dead in the judgment of God's wrath. Yeah, but yeah. now. I'm risen and have new life because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just my experience growing up, but I think I always put a lot of focus on the getting into the water Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not so much coming out of the water. Mm. And really like that's, that's the complete declaration just Mm. as, you know, Paul writes in one Corinthians, like, you know, without the resurrection, like our faith is dead Mm. without us being able to rise again out of that water into a new body, into a new life in Christ. Like ultimately then like it means nothing if we're just going to stay under the water. Um, And yeah, that both being fully submerged or being covered Mm. in water, however you want that to look. But then that coming out again, I think for me is, yeah, a really powerful um, image. So I think (laughs) in all of this, we've got this kind of big, big question then about Mm. what does teaching then look like? Mm. There's this this command to baptize, but then to teach. I kind of really loved because I think sometimes we can overcomplicate <laughs> teaching a little bit uh, and I think that there's a time and a place um, to go deep uh, mm. and get a bit more scholarly and academic and you know um, yeah just go deeper into scripture but that um, the Apostle John that story whether, whether it was true or not when yeah, he was very fun. old kind of going up the front to preach and just saying little children love mm. one another um, and obviously the congregation after probably the fifth time being like, all right, mate, even apostolic authority is starting to wear a bit thin. Um, what, what, what does that look like in practice? Is that, I mean, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Is that the teaching? Yeah. Uh, functionally. Um, yeah. Cause love in um, certainly like the Bible for action mm. and so the word love in English is kind of almost meaningless now mm. sometimes you know mm. you say I love you to someone but you mm. also say yeah, I love Maccas <laughs> yeah. like in some way people who are learning English get a bit confused like what? It's, yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah but but love is it's a practical outworking mm. um, 
Francis Chan has a great little illustration in one of his sermons where he says, like, oh, if I tell my daughter to go clean a room and I come back and she's there going, oh, Dad, I heard what you said and now I've made, like, a study with my friends to study what, you know, each word means, mm. that cleaning room. Mm. It's like, no, that's not what I told you to do. I just told you to go clean your room. Like, yeah. just go and do it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's what love looks like. Like, mm. God is working out, um, yeah, in your lifestyle. And if you're loving God in action then it's going to flow into how you love your neighbour mm. and that's why it's a good summary of the law I often think of like it's a bit of a random commandment but it talks about building like a parapet around the second the top story of your house mm-hmm. yeah so people don't fall off when they're well you know if you've got an animal that is known to be violent well, get yeah. rid of it if it kills another your neighbour's animal or kills someone else like you're liable like that's what love is oh if you see you know your neighbour's animal wandering away mm, go collect it yeah that's what the summary of it is um, yeah and yeah and obviously like loving God the core of that is we worship him mm. as God alone and not others we don't stick up our idols in mm. place and so that's why it's a fantastic summary right so that, that sort of analogy that mm. Francis Chan gives and both sort of, you know, John's commandment, mm. you know, um, the own sort of, you know, the, the two <laughs> sort of, you know, I don't know, greatest commandments, yeah. you know, that, that Jesus makes very clear. Um, what, what does that look like in practice then if it's not um, at least solely, mm. you know, reading your Bible, if yeah. it's not solely doing Bible study, mm. if it's not solely, you know, meeting up with other Christians. Mm. What what does that love sort of look like in your mind? In my mind. Um, let's take like, I, th- I think that driving a car on a road is a great example. Yeah. Yeah, it's perhaps letting the person who's in front of you in. It's perhaps like, you know, yeah. someone is sitting at the, you know, the light a little bit long, maybe mm. not just beeping your horn straight away in mm. anger. Um, that's one example. In the home, it's talking kindly to each other. It's looking for the needs of others before your own. Mm. And, yeah, if you put your needs... If everyone's putting the needs of others above themselves, then imagine what type of world we'll live in. Mm. Now, that's easy to say. I'm a, I'm a very selfish you know, human being and mm. I like my own needs, yeah. but that's what we're called to do. And yeah. Jesus used that example... Because um, when he's asked by that, you know, in, in Luke's gospel about, oh, who is my neighbour? And Jesus uses mm. the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, you got the Levite, the priest, and yeah, the Samaritan. Yeah. They're so offended, they couldn't even say, who's the one who showed love? You know, the one who showed care. He couldn't even name that it was the Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what he's saying is like, well, it's going mm. up, above and beyond Yeah, in some circumstances, but just in day-to-day life, mm. just... Speaking yeah, kindly to each other, mm. bearing fruits of spirit. Like well, I even I love the duality mm. in that sort of parable mm. that Jesus is not only making it clear of what love looks like, but then challenging the people in turn that maybe some very real people in their own yeah. lives who they're not currently loving yeah. the Samaritans, like the fact that they can't even recognize yeah. in a hypothetical situation <laughs> yeah, that like, maybe ah. they were <laughs> capable of doing something. Yeah. Else. Um, again, like challenging to love those people who yeah. we really struggle with. Mm. Um, I think for me, like it's always one of those things where obviously <laughs> Jesus says, you know, that which you did for the least of those, you did for mm. me, that there is something intrinsically connected in when you're loving others, um, you are in turn loving God because they mm. are made in the image of God. Yeah. But that in and of itself is is an element of it. I think for me, just those those spiritual practices um, mm. is really important too for a love of God because ultimately, 
you know, it's it's a relationship and about mm. investing in, in, in that relationship. And I think not only, you know, getting those spiritual practices consistent um, and, and allowing them to be formative, but then also continuing to reassess like, okay, cool. What am I sort of needing now? You know, I I feel like there's a need to not just get caught in the religiosity of Mm. it, not get caught in the tradition of it, even not get caught in the legalistic nature of it, whether it's, I do good things, you know, Mm. because I should, you know, but rather it being a natural outflowing. Mm. Um, It is sort of that thing. Whereas I, I feel like for me personally, um, I, am going to be able to love others when I'm, when I'm right with God. Yeah. Uh, otherwise ultimately it's just coming out of an empty well mm, yeah. <laughs> and is probably going to feel mm. a bit disingenuous as yes. well. Um, and yeah, I think that although there is that sort of interconnectedness of the both, mm. ultimately it's that love of God, which is going to be informing the other. I think that was one thing that I loved about what you said about John's sort of one, one sentence mm. sermon. Um, which it starts with little children. Mm. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, it's clearly a reference to being a child of God. Mm. And it's that idea of really, like in that sentence, he is getting both of those, you know, greatest commands. It's like, well, be a child of God and not not just a child of God, but a little child Child, of God. And, you know, have that sort of faithful, sort of, you know, unconditional love in the same way that I think, you know, a lot of little kids just like unconditionally like love their parents, just think they're the greatest. Mm. And then in that, the love one another mm. comes out of it. So, mm. yeah. Any kind of other thoughts about that teaching and how we can do that well? Do that well, um, look, I'm going to talk about another John, John Christopherson. I yeah. like in his commentary, just noticing this is before the Sermon on the Mount. He said, and for what reason is the clause added? He opened his mouth to inform you that in his very silence, he gave instruction and not only when he spoke. Mm. And so the idea is that your lifestyle mm. is reflecting upon Jesus, not just words. Mm. Um, some sense words, yeah, can be like meaningless. You can kind of promise whatever you want, but yeah. you need to like follow through yeah. on that. And yeah, I think that's just a really great little observation. Mm. But yeah, he's noted there that that Jesus that yeah he taught. This is the time he was teaching when he was speaking. Mm. There's also a time of teaching when he's just being Jesus mm. throughout the day and yeah. not necessarily teaching in words but teaching in action which mm. yeah people notice um, yeah I, I noticed the other day like we had a meeting at the cafe and one of our staff members I don't want to embarrass him my name him was just doing a really good job like she mm. said dude like I noticed what you're doing like I didn't have to ask you just did it yeah cleaning tables just Cleaning everywhere. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, casuals don't do that. Like, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> good, good boy. Good kid. No, but I think that that's yeah. the thing that people do notice. Is, that's that. the only that's reason that. I say yeah, that. Yeah. That yeah, people do notice. Yeah, and that's and I think that's part of it too. That our lives need to teach Jesus. It's yeah, yeah. Mm. words are helpful. Mm. Yeah, words can be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's people. Plenty, plenty. A husband has made promises of vows at their marriage and plenty of men have cheated on their wife mm. so mm. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. yeah I think you bring up something really beautiful in that analogy of the cafe though that mm. you know um, we can have this um, segregation of you know holy <laughs> and mm. material and this idea that even the thought of somebody just in cleaning tables just mm. in sweeping up 
is you know even like let's be real like Mm. they're getting paid for it do you know what i mean like there's you know it's not like it's this sacrificial act that they're deciding to make but even that just in doing all things as if for christ yeah like colossians 3 17 you know whatever you do in what deed do is the name of the lord yeah I think that that's a really powerful reminder that even those little things that, mm. you know, often can go unnoticed mm. um, can be an equally powerful declaration yeah. of your character, of who you are in Christ. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. A- any final Good. thoughts on, uh, on baptism and teaching? Look, not really. I think I've probably, you know, said enough. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, going uh, into the next part of the Great yeah. Commandment. I believe this is our last week on the Great it Commandment. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been a fun little little yeah, series, yeah, little you know, series. just a few weeks. Um, yeah. So yeah, what are we looking at? So this looking last at week? Um, Jesus' promise, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Mm. And so tying up with what Matthew has introduced at the beginning, Jesus, you know, but behold the virgin child conceive and give birth to a son name him Emmanuel mm. which means God with us mm. and so yeah, it's sort of like the bookends of Matthew is that even though the word Emmanuel is not there that's the concept is that Jesus presence is there mm. with us he is now he's not just Emmanuel in name mm. he is literally Emmanuel because there he is with us and interestingly enough in Matthew the, sp- the promise of the spirit is never actually mm. named mm. This is the promise. Hmm. So it's, it's, I guess, implied. We baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but there's no, sure. like, like in John's gospel, Jesus breathes on yeah, them. Yeah, the advocate um, will come. Yeah, like that. There's yeah. none of that. It's just Jesus. And then you could promise. even kind of say in Luke, it's like then, you know, continued yep. in Acts and yep. that Pentecost and stuff. But yeah, so. in Matthew, it's not it's not there. And that, but instead we have the promise of Jesus' presence with us. We have Emmanuel. Mm. And yeah, and I said it earlier that that's, him declaring his divinity that mm. he is God, mm. but also to the um, yeah, it's sort of um, it, it rounds off to at the beginning of the commission, the disciples are doubting, mm. and so uh, overcome their doubt. It's yeah. hey, Jesus has all authority, and he bridges it off with "I'm with you." So mm. if you're feeling nervous about this, remember I have all authority, mm. and remember I'm with you mm. in doing this massive task. Of, mm worldwide mission of building disciples and baptizing them and Love teaching it. them so comforting <laughs> words yeah well, that's the sermon done that's probably like it yeah, 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 that's yeah, all yeah. I need to say it's yeah, only yeah. like a little Look, should we just, yeah. just call off Sunday yeah I know <laughs> just call off there you go you're done well we can't call off Sunday because we've got three people at least <laughs> I know do. getting baptized yes. which will be very exciting yeah, so. who knows we might get some more oh yeah. I, I love a little sporadic yeah, baptism. Get so, in there. Bring your boardies, yep. guys. You know, I hope to see you there on Sunday. <laughs> getting under the water, yep. getting fully submerged. Yep. Well, hey. thanks for the All chat. Right. Thanks, guys. We'll see, see you on Sunday. Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.